Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. What we've been talking about? We've been talking about growing up spiritually, right? And is purposing to grow in the things of God and getting to a place where God can use us. And, and, and once, once again, I don't want this to be redundant, but I want us to really begin to understand the premise by what Jesus said or established the whole foundation of us growing up spiritually. The Bible says in, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says that Jesus led captivity captive and he ascended on high and gave gifts unto men. So in other words, upon Jesus going to heaven, obviously going to heaven was what he was doing to take the the blood to the mercy seat. And then when it was all said and done, he was going to sit at the right hand of the Father in his rightful place and position of authority. But upon ascending to his rightful place, he says, okay, wait a minute, I also got to leave you with some things. I gotta leave you some things to help you grow. I've gotta give you some gifts. And the Bible says that these gifts that He left to help us mature in the things of God was ministers. Amen. Pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, and evangelists. And you might say, well, that's really good, pastor, because you're one of them. You're just patting yourself on the back. Listen, I might be a pastor, but I also have a pastor. Amen? So there's somebody in my life as well that's speaking into my life, helping me, uh, uh, directing me, being a blessing in my life. And so all of us have those people that will speak into our life. And he says, these gifts are there to help you mature, or it says, I think the King James says, to perfect you or to mature you for the work of the ministry. So in other words, there's something for you to do. And what you do begins to build, edify, grow the church. Now, growing the church, that is in all facets of growth. Numerically, spiritually, financially, amen. What we end up doing produces growth, right? As we begin to mature. And then it goes on to say, he says, till we all come into the unity of the faith. And he says, being no more children, but growing up, amen. Being no more children, being tossed to and fro. And so I want to begin to pick up with that again because as we talked about it last week, being no more children, we said this last week that children desire the sincere milk of the word. So in other words, children have a desire to be fed. But all of us have a desire to be fed in some form or fashion. I mean, I can think back to my little children uh, when they were still nursing or uh, when they were drinking milk, do you, can, you all, can you think back to your child when they were kind of crying and they must have just been famished because you would get the bottle in front of their mouth and they end up being like those little chicks with their mouth hanging up and they're just trying to find the bottle. <laughs> you know, they're just hungry. Why? Because they want to be nourished. Well, all of us are like that in some form or fashion that we desire to be fed. But as we grow up, Paul makes a distinction. He says, children desire sincere milk of the word. He said, at one point in time, I came back to you to speak to you as spiritually mature individuals. And I was going to give you the meat of the word. But I found out that all you could handle was the milk of the word. 
So in other words, there's differences of diets pertaining the maturing process, right? My children have graduated to solid food. And as they've graduated to solid food, they've graduated to begin to, I guess, uh, develop their, their taste buds, right? Things that they don't like, things that they curl their nose up when they were little kids, they learn to like them. Or like my, my, my oldest daughter, she likes mashed potatoes and gravy. I mean, who doesn't like mashed potatoes and gravy? I mean, it's comfort food. I mean, you just it's like, oh man, it's just a warm, fuzzy feeling of mashed potatoes and gravy. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Who doesn't like mashed potatoes and gravy? My middle daughter. <laughs> she just does not like them for whatever reason. I mean, you can dress them up, doctor them up. Uh-uh, I don't like them. So again, as we grow, we begin to develop our appetite for more mature diets, if you will, right? And for that matter, doesn't what you eat have an effect on your life? Sure it does. So therefore, if uh, as I begin to grow, I, I begin to learn what is healthy and what is not healthy to eat, right? And so again, I'm not a health guru by, by any means. And so this is just some things that I kind of know off the top of my head. But obviously, there's proteins and carbohydrates, right? So if you eat proteins, what does proteins do? It helps build, right? It fortifies the muscles within your body. It breaks down differently. But the proteins help you grow physically. Well, then there's carbohydrates. And you can eat all kinds of carbohydrates. And don't they just taste so good? Oh, <laughs> Bread and potatoes and macaroni and cheese and, oh, pasta and spaghetti. I'm getting hungry. All right. But if you don't do anything to burn off those carbohydrates, what do they do? They turn into sugars, right? And they don't benefit you as well. So you could say that by your physical diet, it has an appearance on your physical stature, right? And by your physical stature, you can tell either what you've been eating or how much you've been eating, right? And have you ever noticed that depending on what you eat, it can have an effect on your body, just how you feel and, and the energy that you have? For instance, if you eat sugars, sugars, they'll give you a spike in energy, but all of a sudden there's coming a crash after that, right? And so you're not real productive, Right? Well, the same thing, spiritually speaking, is true. I mean, there's different things that I can begin to grow in. And therefore, if I'm a child and God says, I want you to grow up, then that means that my diet must begin to change. What am I spiritually partaking of? When I was a child or when I was more immature, what was I allowing myself to digest versus as I begin to grow in the things of God? Right? Now... If I was, my, my children are children, right? So if I was to sit before them, broccoli or a brownie, what do you think that they would choose to eat? Brownie. Well, I guess that's not fair because I guess you put a broccoli and brownie in front of me. I might eat a brownie too. I don't know. But you know what I'm talking about. You know, again, they're naturally going to gravitate towards the junk food just because they're children. Well, as we grow spiritually, we've got to be able to begin to discern and know what it is that we need to begin to feed on because that begins to develop us spiritually. And it develops or it affects my performance in what I do. 
And in what I partake of or what I feed on, not only does it affect what I do, but it also affects the results of what I do, right? Just like on the natural side, it parallels. And so we've got a purpose to begin to grow and develop. So if you will, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Talking about growing up, and this is the Apostle Paul speaking here. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in verse 11. He says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Notice what he said were the three factors that were affected, or I should say changed, as he matured. He said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. So those three things should be the things that are changing as I start to mature, right? As I'm going from being a baby to a child to a teenager to an adult. All those levels of maturing, my speech, my understanding, and my thoughts all begin to change as I grow. So that means that what I used to talk about or how I used to talk, it's changing. The things that I used to understand... That's changing. The things that I thought about, that's changing in every course of life. You know, it always amazes me, you know, because he first says, I spoke as a child. It always amazes me how people are so loose with their mouth and their words. And for that matter, that's why people are in the condition that they're in, because they're loose with their mouth. And the enemy knows that that is the tactic. That is the snare. That is the open door. If I can get their words, if I can get their their words hooked up with this, I've got them. But just on the practical, not the practical, but just the natural side of man. You know, I worked at General Motors for about 10 years. And I had a father that was a Christian man, but was the example of what a Christian man working at General Motors was. Or I should just say, a man working at General Motors. And so I had this idea that, all those guys were like my dad. You know, just straight lace, clean cut, you know, just went to work and did their thing. You know, in fact, there was kind of a joke. I actually worked for my, with my dad for about six months. And everybody says, does your dad ever get dirty? I mean, it was a dirty place. But my dad, you never see him dirty. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> He'd walk in front of a fan, never miss up a hair, man. Just stayed right where it was. I mean, everybody called him the GQ man. That was just him. So like I said, that was my image of what people that worked in General Motors looked like. I was in for a rude awakening when I went there. And one of the things that was extremely noticeable was the way they talked. My dad was not a cusser. I don't think I've ever heard my dad cuss. I mean, my dad was like, golly gee, withers. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. That's not dad. But... I've, ne- I've never heard my dad use a curse word, not, the, not to my 
recollection. But here I'm with all these shop workers and they're talking like truckers. You know what I mean? And it just amazed me. I remember one particular guy. I mean, it's like every other word out of his mouth was the F word. And I just, just out of curiosity, one day when we were talking, I just says, you know, because he had children at home, and I says, do you talk that way at home? And he says, well, F no. You know, just, he, I'm like, well. He's like, no, I don't talk that way. I'm like, really? He says, well, no, I don't talk that way at home. And what amazed me is that they talk this way at, at the workplace, but all of a sudden they go home and they put a filter on their mouth. Well, what's the difference? There is no difference. There's just something that you give yourself permission to do. But I'm talking about growing up spiritually. Come on. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, my wife and I, we were talking about that the other day. And, and I said, you know, for me, and I don't, this is just my thinking. But for some reason, I look at, like, say, Hollywood. And Hollywood seems to present themselves as, like, the rich and the elite. They live well. You know, it's just, they carry this persona about them. But have you ever noticed that some of the greatest Hollywood stars got a mouth like a trucker? It's just like, really? There's just something wrong with that. I mean, this kind of shows how uneducated you are this kind of shows really where you came from it just shows what you haven't grown out of you know does that make sense i mean maybe that's just me but what am i talking about i'm talking about as we mature our conversation our speech changes babies talk with mumbles maybe start saying daddy then they start talking and it's kind of that real muffled kind of talk because they don't know how to articulate and then as they grow it becomes more clear there's a development i'm still working on my way of talk i can't, i really have a hard time talking right sometimes but you know what i mean you grow in that he says your understanding your understanding changes have you ever been around your children and you're trying to explain it to them and they're just not getting it but why because I told you why. This is why. But I, why? I don't understand. Right? They just throw a fit because they don't have the ability to reason or see the big picture like you do. Right? And then our thoughts. Our thoughts change. Our thoughts develop and think more maturely. So as we grow spiritually... Those three things ought to be developing and changing. The things that we say, the way that we talk, the way that we understand, and the way that we think. Those three elements begin to help us develop in life. Okay, so when you think about a child and how they talk, how they understand, and how they think, have you ever noticed that with children it all revolves around them, right? They only think in the scope of their little world. But the amazing thing about them is that even though it pertains to them and it just revolves around their, little, their, their own little world, their imagination is huge, right? I mean, there is no limitations. Well, God, Dad, why can't we do that? You mean it's only a million dollars? Well, don't you have that? I mean, right? Their, their imagination is big. Their understanding is just faultless they can think anything why because they're children and god still wants us to be that way in the fact that he doesn't want our understanding to shrink 
He doesn't want our vocabulary to shrink. He doesn't want our, our, our thought life to shrink. He wants it to expand, but he wants it to mature. As much as little children have childlike faith to think and believe and expect the, the moon, it pertains to selfish desires. But as we grow, we can still maintain that childlike faith but as we begin, begin to understand the heart of God, knowing that God already said, I'll take care of you. So therefore, why worry? Therefore, if you know that I've got you, I've got your covered, I'm going to take care of you, then you can begin to have a heart of expectation for and toward other people. God, my heart is just so big. I just want to do so much. God, it just seems like there's not enough time in the day because I just want to touch and love people. Right? So I want to just touch people. And it isn't about us. It's about others. My wife, she had shared this story with me the other day. And it was a video that she was watching on Todd White. And again, some of you have gotten kind of familiar with him. And this is what he was talking about concerning just having the heart for people. He says, I, I just spend so much time with God that, man, God's heart just, oh, just, it's in me. And he said he was at an intersection one time, and I guess it was raining. I don't know all the details. But this man ended up rear-ending him and hit him in the back end of the car. And so he gets out of the car and he goes to talk to the guy. And he says, this guy is cussing me out. He's the one that hit me, but he's cussing me out. And he says, I'm saying, hey, man, you all right? Did you get hurt? And he still is cussing me out. And he says, but I don't care about my car. I just want to know if he's hurt. Are you okay? And then he said he had a little boy, a little baby in the back, and the baby's just streaming. And he says, I don't care about my car. It's just stuff. It's replaceable. But how's your son? Is he okay? He said, that's all I cared about. And he said, I even got into the back of the car, laid my hands on the boy, and began to pray for the boy, and the the baby began to uh, stop crying. And he said, and all the while, the guy's cussing him out still. What's my point? My point is, is that in the midst of maturing and growing and having the heart of God, our heart just begins to grow toward people. Amen. I just want to love people. Come on, how many of you know this time is short? And we're going to give an account for our works. Remember we said that you are maturing to do work that edifies and grows? It says that you're going to give an account for your works. And so in other words, when you stand before God, God's going to look behind you and find out how many people you brought with you. Because it's all about people. Man, what if we would just so get enveloped with the heart of God that, God, I know you're going to take care of my needs. Now again, I'm not talking about being irresponsible. I'm not saying quit your job and say, okay, I'm just going to go tell people about Jesus. No, you got to be smart. But knowing that I'm going to do my part and God's going to do his part. And God, just help me take as many people as I can. Because people matter. Amen? Amen. And so, that being said, obviously this growing process is a process. And if you've ever noticed that as you're older... It's more difficult to change. Have you ever noticed that? I've always said I want to learn to play an instrument. And I keep telling myself one day, one day, one day. But then I also heard that the older that you get, parts of your brain just basically die off. If you didn't use it, it just dies. 
and therefore it's harder to learn. And that really just discouraged me. I thought, wow, man, I'm only getting older. That means it's only going to get harder to learn how to play something, right? And so for all of us, as we mature and grow, things are challenging us to move with the flow. But those flows or the changes that God's wanting us to do, sometimes as we're older, that's a little more challenging. So let me ask you the question. Does anybody in here, if you reflect on your childhood and your upbringing, would you say, if I really had my rathers, I would have wished that my home, my parents, my upbringing raised me differently when it came to church, the things of God, understanding how this thing all works? By show of hands, anybody, you'd say, I, I, I would do it differently. Many of you? Yeah, all right. Most of you? I had a good Christian home. Did the best that they could. But if I had my rathers, and if I could put it on a list to say, okay, this is what I'd rather it have been. I've got a laundry list of things that I wish it would have been for the sake of helping me as a Christian believer today. And that's not a slant toward my parents. It's just saying, now that I know what I know that I didn't know then, sure I would want it to be different. Does that make sense? And and are you able to hear that without any kind of criticism toward my mom and dad? You understand that, right? So that just says that if it's possible to raise up our children in such a way that they know the things of God and can have every advantage, then why don't we? I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. You doing okay? Luke chapter 2. And let's begin in verse 40. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 40. And it says, And the child, speaking of Jesus, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, Filled with wisdom and grace of God, and the grace of God was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, notice he was 12, when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it, but supposed that supposed him to have been with the company. And that they went on a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished of his understanding and his answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, he says, why do you seek me? He said, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came, uh, and came to Nazareth and was subject to them or subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus, now notice verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in the favor of God and men. So we've been talking about maturing and growing up. The difference between being a child and being an adult. 
So do we know how he was in stature physically? Do we know how old he was physically? Yes, he was 12 years old. But what was he spiritually? Because once again, we look at children today and we say, well, they're just little, so therefore they don't really understand things. But the Bible says he was 12 years old and he was in the temple. So it did not tell us that there were other children there hanging out with Jesus asking questions. And answering questions, it only speaks of Jesus. Well, where were all the other kids? Well, they were home because they don't want to go to church. They were home playing video games. They were out playing their athletic games. But Jesus was in the temple. Well, yeah, but that was Jesus. And you know, he was God. No, he was not there in the form of God. He was there in the form of man. He was a little boy that chose to grow, chose to be where he needed to be to grow and to learn and to develop in wisdom. And you may say, well, I don't know that I agree with that. Well, notice what it said. It says that he grew in wisdom. If he's God, he doesn't need to grow in wisdom. He's already God. He's already got the wisdom. So therefore, he's a little boy learning, growing. And then he became subject to his parents, meaning that he went home and still was a little boy. Okay, mom and dad. But in the midst of it, he continued to grow in wisdom, in stature, and favor with God and with man. So my question for you is, is how did he get the wisdom as a 12-year-old boy? Well, it didn't say that they had a little kid's church because, you know, kid's church, they dumb it down so that little kids can understand it. You know, don't bring kids to big church because they can't get that. No, he was in the temple talking to the teachers. And the teachers were amazed. This boy is awesome. He's got understanding that just blows us away. He's asking his questions. It's got a scratch in her head. Hey, can you look that one up? Come on, look it up. Get your phone. Check what's that answer. Okay, yep, right there. I got it. Right? How did he get that wisdom? Mom and dad took him to temple. Mom and dad investing in him. Mom and dad being the examples. Mom and dad helping that little boy to grow and to develop. He's 12 years old naturally, but he's growing up spiritually. Amen? Now, once again, I, 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 it sometimes just really grinds me. because, Like I said, we can so dumb it down for kids and say, well, they just don't get it. Come on. Kids get more than what you can even begin to imagine. In fact, for that matter, not too many years ago, 16-year-old boys we were sending off into battle. Not too many years ago, girls were being married at the age of 14. Through the years, we have dumbed down things so much so that we have not only been stupid spiritually, we've just been dumb intellectually in all kinds of areas, right? You know what I'm talking about? And and again, there's a whole bunch of research into that that just from one generation after the next, it has just gotten dumber and dumber and dumber because of the culture. In fact, uh, I might get in trouble because of some of the generations that we have here. But some pastor friends and I, we were talking. Anybody watch Survivor? Anybody watch? I think there's, is there a current Survivor going on right now? Is there? Okay, so I, I've not watched Survivor in a number of years, but what the, the current series of Survivor is, is the X generation and the millennial generation. 
The X generation is my generation. The 40-somethings around in that. The, 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 the millennials is the 20-year-olds, right? Now, within church, that's just a really big, again, there's just a big difference there. All right? So, as they let them off, if you know anything about Survivor, they take this team and they drop them off on the beach and they say, okay, it's time to survive. So, they drop the X generations, the, the 40-somethings off, and immediately they start going to work, start going to task. Okay, we're going to build a shelter, we're going to take care of business, we've got to get this done. And they just start going to work and getting it done. And the millennials, they get on the beach. Hey, let's have a party. Let's go swimming. Let's get to know everybody. What's your name? What do you do for a living? And just thought, you know, we'll get to it sooner or later. We'll get to it when, when it's necessary. That night it rained. Was it a cyclone? Okay, so you've seen it. So I'm just, I'm repeating it secondhand. Really? Okay, that's interesting. So, what am I saying? I'm talking about the difference of a generation that as generations have continued to go, they just want to keep on playing. Right? Come on, I don't mean to be hard on a younger generation. It's just truth, right? It doesn't have to be truth. There are the exceptions. But do you get what I'm saying? And so, when it comes to this ideal of growing spiritually... We can raise up children that know God rather than saying, well, they just don't understand. Reverend Marty was with us two weeks ago, right? Now, his little girls are 8 and 10. They go to a private Christian school. It's a very elite, high academic school. And you may say, well, that's really great for you. You know, must be nice to... Put your girls in a private school. No, it's just a matter of prioritizing where they want to spend their money. See, you'll spend your money where you want to spend it. You'll spend it here. You'll spend it there. And it's, again, your prioritization of what you want to spend money. They decided to do that. So, their education is very high, but it's all, all very biblically driven. And therefore, they have to memorize Scripture. And he said to me, as we met that first night, he said, yeah, just as I was leaving, before I left, he says, my oldest daughter, 10 years old, quoted me the entire chapter of Ephesians 6. 10 years old. I'd like to put you on the spot and give me one verse that you can quote, chapter and verse. You might be like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you know what I mean. But a whole chapter, 10 years old. So, can the maturity of spirituality be beyond the natural years of life? Sure it can. God says it's our responsibility to raise up children. Amen. And if we'll purpose to raise children to know the things of God, to grow up spiritually, our kids will begin to have a heart and a vision for the heart of God. And I'm telling you, for those of you that have Children and grandchildren, if you don't do your due diligence, you will lose your children to the world. I'm telling you, you'll lose your kids to the world. I've, I've been in ministry for nearly 20 years, and I've seen it time and time and time again. I was, this was just a matter of a few months ago. I was thinking of the first church that we pastored. There was a woman that was in our church. She was from another country, dear lady. 
loved God, but got a real creep of a husband. And for whatever reason, she ended up married. Don't know why she did. But this is the kind of man she married. He took her to the strip clubs and says, hey, honey, that's our date. And thought it would spice up their, you know, relationship. Well, she didn't go for that for too long. And then they ended up getting a divorce. But obviously this is the influence of the father. But she raised her daughters in a home that they were hungry to know God. Girls that were seven, eight, ten years old filled with the Spirit. And could quote you chapter, not chapter, but Bible verses. And were very fluent in knowing the Word of God. And so, just on a whim, I decided to look them up on Facebook the other day. And again, don't know why. Just wanted to see where they were. And these little girls that once knew God at a very young age, you'd be surprised at some of the photos that you were seeing and the things that they were doing. See, it's a whole lot easier to lose your kids to the world than it is to win them for God. All you got to do is sit back and do nothing. Come on, are you here tonight? I'm telling you, God wants to raise champions. He's wanting to raise giant killers. He's wanting to, to raise men and women of God that will change nations. But it's our responsibility to help them grow and to mature and to develop. Amen? Amen. Let's finish with this verse here. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Starting in verse 23. Now pay pay close attention. I'll try to help give you some moderation along the way. But it says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they, said, uh, because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. You remember, they were supposed to kill all the, the babies. Verse 24, by faith, notice that word, by faith, Moses, when he became of age... Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Remember he was not the son of Pharaoh's daughter. But he was found by Pharaoh's daughter. And raised as her son. So therefore when he became of age. Identifying who he was. And identifying his call. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy, to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater, Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he looked to the reward. So in other words, the wealth of the kingdom didn't get his attention more than the reward Of God's call on his life. And when he became mature enough to say. Nope. It's time to make a difference. It's time to make a change. He readily said. This is who I am. I've been called to greatness. Not knowing what that was. 
but change the landscape of the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. As I said, we are so easily to shortchange our kids. When it comes to church, we're like, oh, they won't understand. But have you ever noticed when it comes to playing, they don't have any trouble acclimating? But did you ever notice that when it comes to baseball, they don't change the rules of the game? I mean, they might shorten up the infield. They might pitch a little bit slower. But everything functions the same, just as it does in the big leagues. They might put it up on the tee. But my point is, is that everything functions just like the big boys. And there's coming a day when the pitches are coming harder and faster. But nevertheless, we're training them for the day of being the big boy. When it comes to the body of Christ, the enemy's still throwing pitches hard, throwing at your head, and it doesn't matter whether you're a kid or whether you're an adult. So why don't we just get in the game early on and learn how to play right from the beginning? And learn that we win. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's stand. We'll pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that we're growing, we're developing, we're maturing, God. Because there is a game of life. And it's the game of the kingdom of God. It's bringing heaven to earth. And the love of God to humanity. God, help us begin to prioritize this life. See what is important. Pursue what is important. Because, God, there's so much that needs to be done. And you so desire to use us. God, you've never asked us to give up life. You've never asked us to give up desires of our heart. You've never said serving you limits us in any area. But, God, you said it makes it all really that much more and that much better. So God, open up the eyes of our understanding that we see it correctly. And God, we purpose to serve you and run with everything that we have within us. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life